You're listening to First Christian Church Podcast, featuring teachings from our pastors. Every weekend, they explore and explain meaningful truth from God's Word that helps us understand how to follow Jesus and grow in our faith. To learn more, visit us at firstchristian.com. Now let's dive into this week's sermon. Well, let me just say happy, happy, happy Mother's Day to all of our amazing mothers out there. Uh, I hope this morning you are being spoiled a little bit. Maybe, maybe you're even watching this service right now while still in bed in your pajamas. Someone brought you breakfast. I hope that's the case. Hopefully you haven't had to do any uh, getting up, cooking, cleaning. Uh, Hopefully you've just been able to be spoiled. And if you haven't so far, if you've had to like actually do mom stuff this morning, I give you permission right now from your pastor to you uh, to just give like a scowl, like a dirty look to your husband or like your kids or whatever. Just take a second and do it if you've had to work or whatever. Okay, we're over that now. You got to move on. And we are moving on in our series. Uh, We're in the last week today of our series called At The Movies. And if you haven't been here for any of this, if you're tuning in maybe for the very first time with us, uh, this has been the idea behind this series. We've been saying... Man, if all truth is God's truth, meaning this, if God is the author of truth, then everything that is true, wherever you might find it, comes from God, right? And so, uh, with that being said, we think you can even find truth in places like Hollywood. So we've been looking at some big sort of iconic, like blockbuster type movies. And today we're gonna look at the movie Mary Poppins and see what we might pull from that story and apply to our lives. Let me catch you up because it is kind of an older movie. It's about 60 years old, actually, almost going back. It stars Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke. And and well, it's a movie of uh, two young kids, the Banks children. And these two kids grow up in a household where they have kind of a dad who, uh, I guess you'd say he's a prominent, sort of influential businessman in the community, a sort of middle, upper class family. Uh, And this particular father, Mr. Banks, is just kind of as, as, as accomplished as he is in all these other areas. He's maybe not as accomplished in the fatherhood category. And his kids have sort of this longing to be lovingly led by their dad, but it just doesn't seem to be happening. And so the movie really starts uh, with the kids missing. And they have a nanny, another nanny, who has decided that she's over it. This is the fourth time this week that the kids have gone missing, and she's just, she's not really having it. She's quitting. And the kids, it turns out, were out at the park flying kites, and the kite actually got swept up by a gust of wind and dropped them on the other side of the park. It wasn't the kids' fault they went missing, but uh, again, nonetheless, the nanny has quit, and, and Dad's a little upset that the kids are missing. And in comes a friendly police officer bringing the kids back into the picture, and this police officer sort of kindly encourages Dad, hey, maybe don't be so mad at these these two beautiful children. Maybe, what if we tried this? What if you just sat down with them and maybe built a new kite with them and, and showed them a little attention? But all Dad seems to be occupied with is, well, putting together a job description and an ad in the paper for a new nanny. The kids, well, they go about that same task themselves, and they, their list is a little different. See, for them, what they're looking for in a nanny is someone who's kind and sweet and gentle and adventurous and has rosy cheeks. And so the kids present their list in this sort of lovely sing-along song to their dad, and again, he's not really having it. Mr. Banks tears up their list, puts it in the fireplace, and in a magical gust of wind, it goes up the chute and out into the sky, and all of the sudden, 
Off in the distance, here comes Mary Poppins, floating in on her magical umbrella. She comes in and, well, she becomes the nanny of the family. And here's what we begin to see take place is, as I said earlier, these kids weren't anything. What they want is really to just be lovingly led by their father. But because he's not doing that, Mary has to sort of fill that void. And what we see take place over the course of the, the fun sort of sing-along songs and all the things that transpire in the movie is, well, is is Mary beginning to shape this family and Mary Poppins beginning to invest in, in these kids and, and you start to see how, how things shift and, and well, we'll get to all that. But here's what I think is the big idea behind this movie and, and one of the big themes that we take from it, and this is what I wanna get into today. It's this, what we do matters. Let me say it again, what we do matters. I think that plays out in a beautiful way in this movie. You see Mary come into the picture and the way that she influences and loves and shows her, her tender sort of spirit to these kids. You just see like, man, the way that she invests in the kids and in the family, it matters and it changes the family. Like I said, we'll get to that in a little bit. But we're going to talk about that today. So if you have a Bible, I want you to open up with me. We're going to be in Acts chapter 20 and we're going to dive into just a few verses, just 24 through 27 and everything we're going to talk about today is really built around that theme again what we do matters let's jump in here's what the author says in Acts 20 and again this is the message translation uh, so it's worded a, a little differently than maybe the NIV would be if you have that it says this though what matters most to me is to finish what God started the job the Master Jesus gave me in letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. So let me stop for just a second. Here's how the author starts the passage here. If we're talking about what we do matters, yeah, I love this. The author says this, the thing that matters most in the entire world is to share the extravagant love of God with as many people as possible. How beautiful is that? The thing that matters most is sharing that extravagant love with as many people as possible. And then the author continues. And actually, this is where the Apostle Paul chimes in. He says this, And so this is goodbye. You're not going to see me again, nor I you, you whom I have gone among for so long proclaiming the news of God's inaugurated kingdom. And so this is Paul essentially saying, listen, I've got things to do. I've got more uh, to accomplish on this mission that God has me in. But as I leave, again, just remember the most important thing that I've had my eyes focused on and my mission has built, been built all around is just I want to help as many people know the love of Jesus as possible. And then Paul closes out with this. He says, and I think this is just really simple but really powerful. He says, I've done my best for you, given you my all, held nothing of God's will for you. So let's take a little deeper look at this text now. I think it really just communicates two big things to us. The first is this, as we're talking about how what we do matters, I think this text is telling us that the most important thing we can do is to show Jesus. Now, what does that mean for you and I? Like maybe you're new to this whole faith thing, this new, uh, this whole church thing, and you're trying to figure out how do I show Jesus? Well, I think Jesus tells us in the gospels. 
There's this moment where Jesus is confronted by a teacher of the law and he's asked, listen, listen, Rabbi, of all these, you know, 600 plus religious rules that we find, what's the most important? And they're kind of trying to pull one on Jesus and he simply answers this way. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind, with all your soul. Like, give God everything you have. And then he says this as well, and love your neighbor as yourself. And this is what Jesus does, it's so beautiful. He says, listen, there are all these rules, all these regulations within our religious system, but if you do those two things, there's just this trickle down. It could be a blessing to so many people. If you love God and love others, it could bless so many people. And the religious leader sort of looks at Jesus and says, okay, all right, I get that. But then there's this second thing that we find uh, in the text in Acts, and it's simply this. I'll read it one more time. Paul says, he says, I've done my best for you, given you my all, held nothing back of God's will for you. So here's the second thing that Paul's telling us. He says, like, I'm just going to give it my best. And I think you and I are called to do that same thing. We have to give it our best. So uh, if what we do matters, and the most important thing we do is to show Jesus, then we have to do the best we can at that. And now I know some of you might push back and say, but Ryan, what about those days when you wake up? Because I have those days where I wake up and I say, Jesus, like even today, like I gotta serve you today. Like, I, you know, I'm good most of the time, but today I'm kind of feeling a little lazy with that. And, and I get that. And so, and I think there are really some reasons that we have those moments. There's some reasons that we don't always give it our best. So I thought I would just share some of those with you. Uh, there are three that I was going to throw at you here this morning. The first one is this. I think we get distracted. Again, if what we do matters, and the most important thing that we could do is to show Jesus, and we're supposed to give it our best, if showing Jesus is an effort we're supposed to put everything into, I think one of the reasons we struggle is in that is because we get so distracted. Like, if you know me, if you know me well at all, you know that I am, uh, or I have what doctors call moderate to severe attention deficit disorder. Like, I have been on Adderall for a long time. Okay, uh, and it is, uh, it's a real thing. So I'm the guy in meetings who's getting up, sitting down, walking around the room, pacing over here, trying to figure out how can, you know, what's going on over here. I'm just, my head's everywhere. On Zoom now, which is how we're doing all our meetings, I'm just carrying a laptop around the house as I'm, I'm pacing and trying to keep up with what's happening in the meeting. I, and that's just how my brain works. But I started to think so many of us, I think, have like kind of spiritual ADD. We get distracted easy, don't we? We have this sort of spiritual, like what's over there and what's over there? Like we'll go to church for an hour on Sunday, but the second we get home, it's like, okay, what's going on in politics? What's on my phone? What's, uh, what's going on with COVID, right? And I get all that, that's real life. But man, it's so easy to get distracted and to shift our focus off the things that Jesus wants us to do. And so this is why, and I try not to sound redundant or like a broken record or whatever, but this is why I'm always encouraging you guys. Man, this is why we need to every day try to open the Bible and, and read it. And this is why we need to every day try to cover our day in prayer and have like some really quality time with Jesus. It's not because I think it's going to make you a better person necessarily. Yeah, it'll help to shape you and form you into the likeness of Jesus, but it's not like going to earn you brownie points with God. It's more this. It keeps your focus and shifts your focus and helps with that spiritual ADD, right? We can get distracted. What you do matters. The most important thing you can do is show Jesus. And we've got it, man, we've got to give it all we've got. 
So let's not get distracted. Here's the second thing that I think hurts us in trying to show Jesus and give it all we got. I think it's really simply this. We get tired. We get tired, right? I think two months ago, if you were to go back and you were to uh, remember some of the things you were saying then, you were like, oh, this would be great. I can breathe a little bit. This would be great. I can kind of take a step back. And now you're like, what was I thinking? I'm trying to homeschool and work from home and I got to keep up with the laundry and all this stuff. And you're just exhausted. And so if we're trying to give it our all, the most important thing we can do is show Jesus. And, and if we're saying that what we do matters, then we have to be willing to give ourselves a little bit of grace at times and to just step back and breathe. Just relax. Invest in yourself in that way a little bit. It's okay. Don't burn yourself out uh, as you're efforting to give your all. Here's the last thing though, and I think this is big. I think one of the biggest reasons that we struggle to give our all as we're trying to show Jesus and recognize that what we do matters is simply, uh, we've bought this lie. We've bought the lie. And here's the lie. Uh, actually, I'll go back to the very first week of this series when we did the Back to the Future message. Uh, I said this, I said, listen, if there's a God, which there is by the way, and if that God has a purpose for you, which he does by the way, then there's also an adversary who's going to do whatever he can to try to veer you off that path and to try to get you to believe things that aren't true about yourself because he doesn't want the best for you, that adversary, that evil one. And so I think the same is true when we're talking about the lies that are being whispered in us, like in this context, in this moment, there's an evil one who's saying, what, you think you have significance? You think you matter? You think what you do matters? No, 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 absolutely not. And he's going to whisper these lies into our ears. See, I know I've exhausted. I know I've shared this uh, so many times. I'm, I'm sorry if it's too much. But uh, man, I struggled with that so often in my life. Like in my life, I was the kid who struggled with academics. Maybe it was because of that ADD or whatever. But I was a kid who, starting in middle school, was failing classes. It followed me all through college. I barely graduated high school. I flunked out after sophomore year at college. And I was a kid who, um, I felt like God was calling me to do something significant with my life. Nothing more significant than you or anyone else. But I just knew that God was calling me to do something significant. And yet, yeah, I would have these sort of lies chirped in my ear. I would start to believe things like, man, who am I? I barely graduated high school. I can't do this. I barely graduated college. I, who am I? Like I have classmates at Kentucky Christian who uh, know Greek or Hebrew or whatever. I, man, I don't, I don't know the Bible as well as these people over here. I'm supposed to like have some sort of significance or make some sort of difference for the gospel. Come on, come on. And I would buy these lies and still, to this day, I still struggle with this stuff. But we can't do that. We can't buy it. We can't. We have to give it our all. We have to push forward. We have to say, listen, God, I am pursuing you because I know the life that I live really does matter. See, I love how the, the movie Mary Poppins ends. And just to give you kind of, a, again, a little bit of a snapshot. It basically ends, it starts with a kite and it ends with a kite. And Mary has this moment where she's like, I'm not needed anymore because she's worked and she's molded the family and, and opened their eyes to this, this big realization, especially with the father, Mr. Banks. He says, no, I can be more invested. I can be the dad that I'm supposed to be. And Mrs. Banks says, I could be more invested. And they, they grab this kite and they run out to the park and it's this beautiful moment. And again, we look at it and we say, oh, 
poor Mary. Like, no, this is how it's supposed to happen. The family is coming together and has been shaped because of the investment that Mary had and the attention that now Mr. Banks is gonna pay to his kids. See, I wanna close with just this, this last passage and then give you a little bit of a challenge here. The passage is this, it's in Romans 13, verses eight through 10. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And I love that passage. I love it because it just reiterates exactly what we talked about, what Jesus said earlier, right? Like the most important command is to love God and love others. Everything else in our faith just sort of trickles out of those two things. And we see it reiterated here. Like the most important thing, our entire faith, our entire religion is built on this idea of, of just loving well, loving others well. And so I'm going to give you a challenge, all right? Here's your challenge. I want you to grab a piece of paper or a pen or a pencil. If you need to pause it really quick, you can do that. Uh, but really quick, I want you to write this phrase down. And it's a simple phrase, but uh, I think profound and I think significant if we would actually let it play out in our lives. It's this phrase. Is love guiding this action? Is love guiding this action? So there's going to be a moment this week where you might pull into the driveway if you're ever leaving your house, or you pull back into your driveway. And as you do, maybe you'll see your neighbor uh, by the mailbox. And there's just like a a look, just something, a somber look on their face. And your thought is, I'm tired, I'm just gonna go inside, I'm exhausted. And then there'll be this nudge, no, is love guiding my actions? And that'll be the moment that you go out and you check on them or just say hi. There's gonna be a moment this week where your kids are driving you crazy. There's gonna be a moment where you're just like, I don't even know what to do with these kids anymore. And you're gonna wanna snap. And then you're gonna ask yourself, is love guiding this action? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to write that down. I want you to take that and just tape it maybe on a, on a mirror uh, in your bathroom so you see it every day. And it's something that you keep in the back of your mind as you're just going about this thing, this idea of like what we do matters, the life that we live matters. Or maybe take it and, and I don't know, put it on your desk where you'll see it every day. And again, it can just form that, that line of thinking in, in your head. The life that you live matters. What you do matters. The most important thing you can do is show people Jesus and we're supposed to give it everything we've got. And so again, just ask yourself, is love guiding this action? Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. We believe that no matter what's in your past or what your life looks like today, Jesus is for you. If something you've heard has moved you to take a step in your faith, we're here to talk with you. You're not alone. We're all in this together. Visit hub.firstchristian.com to connect and let us know how we can help you along your journey. Thanks again for tuning in today. See you soon.